Wow, it feels so good to be back on the mic. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings. Um, we are sitting here uh, in Puerto Rico, visiting my family here. So I have a makeshift studio. So if you hear some mysterious new noises that you're not familiar with in terms of the 100% BS uh, set of noises that typically occur, that's because I'm in my brother's room recording this. So anyway, that's where I'm at. Hello again. Wow. So glad to be here. Um, a little bit of a personal quick intro. I basically right now find myself in this period of essentially recalculating and resetting myself. I feel like the new year always brings this like excitement of goals and visions and aspirations. And then if you lose the momentum a little bit, you kind of just start to feel the impending anxiety of like, oh my God, I have all these goals and visions, but I don't have them right now. Right. So it kind of takes us out of appreciating the present moment and being here now, you know? Um, but anyway, so yeah, I had a wonderful holiday break. Christmas was exactly a month ago. (laughs) So we took our sweet time getting back into the pod, but I feel like sometimes I live and do things more as like an artist in terms of consistency. It's like, I like to take a break and just make sure I'm really thinking things through and not just creating just to create, you know, it's good to find that balance. So anyway, we're back. Um, yeah, I had a great, wonderful holiday break with my family. I turned 25 earlier this month and just honestly feel really good. I feel really good in my skin. I feel really good on my path. You know, there's all these ups and downs as usual, but overall just really good. So yeah, I'm glad that you're here. I think listening to podcasts is just such a wonderful activity to get your gears turning in a calm way. We can listen to new ideas, we can consider alternative perspectives, and it's just a great way to expand your mind. And that's really what I hope you get out of this podcast is an expansion of some kind, whether it's the kind that feels exciting and happy and fun, or the kind that kind of makes you question things a bit further, maybe a combination. Either way. Uh, my goal is to just create an impact for you so you can use your mind, body, and soul to think for yourself and to arrive at your own conclusions. I think that's important today. We uh, consistently are told to outsource our knowledge and power, and why not take that back a little bit? Um, okay. Oh, one more quick commentary I wanted to share because I um, I share a lot of the stuff that I talk about on the podcast in small snippets on my Instagram, and every once in a while or a lot of the time people respond and share their perspectives and it's really great. So anyway, a, f- a wonderful follower of mine responded to, sh- uh, responded to a short story that I was sharing about um, when I went to a restaurant the other day and talked to them about their COVID policy that they had in place. And I was essentially sharing, like, I was just trying to come from a place of understanding and trying to be cognizant of my approach to this person. And that I wasn't necessarily imposing my views, but trying to just be like, more inquisitive and understanding of what they're doing. And this guy lives in, uh, the guy who responded to the story lives in Germany. And in Germany, the lockdowns and the restriction rules are even crazier here than they are in the U.S. It's, it's pretty absurd. I've 
a few people from Germany have told me what's going on there. And I've just always, you know, my heart honestly just breaks to hear it. But so he was saying, um, you know, essentially asking the question, like, why actually do we even have to have, have the conversation about why they're asking for your information when about whether you're vaccinated or not, right? Like the restaurant managers aren't going up to you and asking, you know, if you're gay or if you uh, are a Christian or whatever, right? And I understand that I'm comparing things that like one is a choice. I guess religion can kind of be a choice, right? Like people convert type of thing. Obviously being gay is not a choice, but the point is um, it's like, who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it shouldn't be relevant information for sitting at the restaurant. That's actually what all the evidence is starting to show us right now is that it's actually none of anyone's business if you've been vaccinated or not, because we know that it doesn't stop transmission. So what's the point? And if you're confused and aren't understanding what I mean by that, I'm linking in the description of Peter Atia, an article by this guy named Peter Atia. It's a really good article, article breaking down um, the data on COVID vaccine effectiveness in terms of hospitalization and transmission. Um, because I'm not going to pretend to be the absolute expert on that. I'll just share what I read. Um, but I thought that at the end of the article, it was really great because he was tying together the whole point of like, what are these mandates doing? So this is a quote from the article. It says, if this were really about science, why would we not allow previous infection, which confers all the benefits of vaccination, if not more, the same rights? Does it seem that mandates are having the opposite effect of what is desired instead of increasing vaccination rates? Our mandates instead hardening and alienating the unvaccinated further. If we're being honest with ourselves, are the mandates truly for the protection of the vaccinated or do they just punish the unvaccinated? <clears throat> I mean, to me, it's pretty obvious that it's the latter of just a punishment, right? And this all can be up for scientific debate, but most of the, you can basically find evidence for anything, I guess, these days. So my point is, I thought it was just interesting to consider is like, you know, one person is saying, why do we even need to ask them? Why does it even have to be a conversation to figure out like, why are you asking us this? Right. Like, and I actually agree in the end, I think the point is to get to a place where we're not even having to ask information that's been so normalized to ask when really it's none of their business. And there are like medical privacy laws in place for this purpose. But anyway, I do think right now we have, we, it, it is good to start uh, at a place where we're just cultivating and understanding and holding space for people uh, and where they're at right now, because we're kind of far from just not being just just being like, why do we even have to talk about it? Right. Like, I do think we still need to just hold that space when we're talking to people who maybe do think the right thing to do is to not allow unvaccinated people into their restaurant and got to talk to them somehow. Right. Cool. Okay. Before I keep going, um, please consider rating this podcast on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Spotify just added the feature um, and it's really, really easy. You just rate it. There's no actual written review, but if you want to go the extra mile, I would love, 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 love for you to give a written review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Today is Tuesday, January 25th. So if you do rate it before Thursday, uh, January 27th, send me a screenshot because I'm doing a little giveaway of a $50 Amazon gift card. So if you write a review, take a screenshot, um, send it to me. I'll enter you. If you also do Spotify rating, screenshot that, send it to me and you'll get entered twice. Woo. Okay, cool. All right. Now 
I've been teasing a few um, episodes to you guys about my move out of LA, my life update, my analysis of woke culture, because that move out of LA was definitely tied to a reflection of um, what I qualify as woke culture, which I hate that word because it just automatically uses like it groups people as a political abstraction and that is very unproductive. But for now, that's the word and I'm working on a better one, but that's it for now. Um, and yeah, I'm basically I'm thinking of doing a spirituality and religion chat that might happen live on Instagram. We'll see lots of things all to say um, I will do episodes on those, but just wanted to ease back in with the shorter episode. Um, we have a lot of guests coming on soon, so there's lots to look forward to. So yeah, thank you for your patience and I'm glad that you are back. Okay. So today I want to sum up a few very key lessons and learnings from 2021 that I want to dissect and bring with me into 2022. On my 25th birthday earlier this month, I shared 25 lessons and learnings. So I'm going to pick five of those and do a bit of a deep dive. Um, This year, I want to do more of sharing a mix of practical advice as well as sharing my personal sort of wisdom uh, on many life subjects that fall under the umbrella of growth, self-development, spirituality, culture, communication, and wellness, all this stuff that I um, love to talk about. So let's get into it. 2021. To me, this, that year, last year, really symbolized um, coming to terms with reality, recognizing darkness, accepting the world, and understanding our part in it. And I really had uh, an immense experience of growing and shedding. I think a lot of people felt like they saw the charade sort of break apart from authority figures. A lot of the things that we were told were true or were definite, kind of the veil fell off and we started to see what things really were. And part of that was recognizing and, and accepting reality, right? Reality includes darkness. It includes shadows includes all those things. So for me, that was really a big theme. And honestly, COVID life really almost, it tried to settle in for good. And then I think a lot of people became very sick of it, right? COVID life being like all the restrictions and mandates and all these, even like societal cultural changes that tried to settle in for good. And I think a lot of people were just got sick and tired of it, especially as they understood that there was possibly another way of going about things or that a lot of the things that they were originally told were just straight up lies, right? I've talked about a few of those things on the show and a good one to refresh your memory of just that general like shifting of perspective is the episode I did with Alex Zek. I think it's number 33. Yeah. Anyway, for me, I just last year really let myself express very freely those feelings and those realities of what was happening around me. And oftentimes we stumble through trying to speak the truth and be authentic. And it's really fucking messy. Like we can lose friends or even family and it can just, it can be tough at work too, to feel like you're an outsider or that you really can't say what you want to say. And I think for me personally, that was the big, big experience in 2021 was actually just being like, yeah, this is my reality. This is the truth I'm seeing. And having that reverence for the truth in terms of what I really see as going on, but also understanding that my worldview is going to be limited to what I experience, but still feeling the courage to choose authenticity over belonging or over being accepted, right? I had work experiences where I 
got really honest with people and it was fucking hard and uncomfortable and tears were shed and it was tough. Right. So I think a lot of us can relate to that. And some of us even face it in deeper ways. Right. I feel like I've even been sort of lucky in terms of what I've experienced. So anyway, all of those experiences where you feel that push and pull of choosing truth or appeasing to the mob are invitations to evolve or stay put. That's really one of the biggest takeaways was we're constantly going to feel this push and pull, right? We have our, our higher self, our true self, whatever that is for you. And then maybe the ego self or the, the scared self, the one that lives in fear and that fear self, the ego self maybe wants you to choose, just agree with it. Just go along with it. Just say this thing or just keep your mouth shut because it might make things awkward or make people, you know, uh, question you or not, not sure if they want to be friends with you. And that's really hard to come up against, but what are you losing out by letting that side win? And instead, if you choose authenticity or truth over that lure of belonging, I think that's actually where you expand and grow. And there's, there's growing pains, but ultimately I think that's where we let ourselves vibrate higher really is what it is. So, okay. The first, okay. So the first lesson is you're not responsible for changing anyone's mind, but your own imposing your will and your views on others is a complete disrespect of their path. Mm, Yeah, this is a really hard one. This can be really tough for us. Um, I definitely have experiences, you know, honestly, weekly where I just battle like that line where I'm like, am I being respectful of other people's views or did I just impose my way of thinking on someone else? And it's, it's hard, but obviously that awareness is where it starts. So this really just speaks to that impulse to evangelize. It's, it's when we feel like, damn, I've gone through this great realization and it, I did this thing that made me feel really good. So now I want other people to feel it. But the problem is that we, we teeter between helping and hurting when we slip into imposing rather than guiding. And that's that line that's kind of tough to, you know, stay behind is it's, it's really important because we have to remember that we live in very, in very divisive times. And for me, the most obvious example is the culture around COVID. And it's so interesting. I was thinking the other day, like, damn, am I, am I like obsessed with this thing? Is I'm talking about it too much. Then I just realized like, this is just reality. Like, this is what we're facing. This is my experience. Like I, it's, it's in our face every day. Like this is reality. And to be like, oh, stop talking about it is like, oh, stop talking about the existence of water. Like it's literally there. It's everywhere. Right. So anyway, that, that for me, one of the best examples is the culture around COVID. Another example could be um, health related issues or even the concept of having a quote unquote awakening in a spiritual sense. Right. So it's like, these examples where we have a personal experience that goes really, really well and we feel good after and because it goes so well, we want to have other people do it. And it's out of a place of love, right? Because we're like, oh, I want other people to feel good. But it's just really interesting because it's like in terms of the awakening one, right? If you feel like you've had a spiritual awakening, it's kind of undefinable in many ways. So it's like, how can you even impose that on someone like to say, oh, I'm more awake than you. Like Alan Watts always talks about this spiritual one-upmanship that everybody does. That it's like, I'm better, this like guru complex. Like I'm holier than you. I'm more sorry than you. I love you more than you love me is what what Alan Watts describes as. It's like this 
interminable, just like competition of who's better than the other. And a lot of these things can be subjective and undefinable. Like how do you define awakened enough? Right. So it's like, how can you impose that on other people? So essentially we have this good intention of wanting to help someone change their mind and to see the light on a subject. And we see that they're walking this path and we say, Hey, like, do you see my path over here? Can you come walk over here? Like, come see how great it is. And they're like, no, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm over here walking. Like I like this path that I'm walking on. Uh, you know, I know this area well, and the lighting is really nice. Right. And we get offended because we're like, wow, this person must not give a shit about me or think that I'm, you know, they, maybe they think I'm crazy. Why aren't they just coming over here to my path? So you maybe throw a lasso over them and pull them onto your path. And you're like, come here right now. Like, see this. Like, if you don't see it, what's wrong with you? Like, don't you see that this path is the best one? And uh, that just couldn't be further away from the way to help people or just it's just further away from the way itself. And people cannot really fix their blind trust by replacing it with more blind trust. And so you may light the path for someone, but you cannot force them to walk it. And if you do force them, then they're not actually on their path. They're on your regurgitated path. And that's just doesn't really work out. So what I'm getting at here is basically this basic principle of respecting another person's path. And why would we ever do that? Well, because you don't arrive at your own knowing by being forced and coerced into it. If we did, then bad news for you, it's not your own path and it's an emulation of what somebody else told us to do. And I think you can draw a lot of parallels to seeing how the messages today, propaganda, if you will, really try to pull people off of what their own experience, what their own intuition, what their own sense of reality is telling them to do and forcefully wants them to adopt a different way. And again, it's not embodied knowledge if you were just forced or coerced into it. Okay. Second lesson. I love this one. Let people be wrong. Let people be wrong. Ah, yeah. I know this one's terrifying. It's really, really scary, right? But honestly, yeah, you can just let people be wrong. It's, it's a thing that you can do and it's, it's really not as crazy as you think. I think this one really triggers people because our minds go straight to the worst thing possible. Like, Oh my God, what if they have this opinion about this issue and they go out into the real world trying to take action off of that opinion? And I think that that action is dangerous. Like, okay, first of all, we can't always go to these extremes because that's often where the conversation gets very difficult. There is a time to address those extremes, but for now, just stick with me on this and on this point about letting people be be wrong. Letting people be wrong means sitting at the dinner table and letting someone explain their point of view without interrupting them to insert your view. It means scrolling on Instagram and withholding from commenting or DMing people when they say things that you don't like. Or, and this is radical, loving someone and their entire identity, even with those opinions and beliefs that you have decided are wrong. And why would you ever do such a crazy thing? Well, because when we tell someone that their worthiness and their value is dependent on the correctness of their ideas, we are setting ourselves up for a very harsh fucking reality of zero room for error. It also 
is incredibly entitled to think that you know the answer, that you know it all, and that you get to be the arbiter of truth. That is some high horse shit that I don't think is productive at all. But the point is, let people be wrong. When you do have this mindset, you're going to shift away from inserting your point of view and shift into listening, understanding, and holding space for their ideas. And when you do that, people loosen up and are more likely to listen and offer you that same time and space for your ideas. And when it comes to the the extremes, I think it's important to recognize like those are real and that we definitely come across people that we think that their ideas are totally dangerous. And I think we just have to remember that honestly, extremes are not the case all the time. Like, I I really don't believe that to be true. Like, I think most people are living in this gray area somewhere in the middle. But even if it was an extreme, I still think we can play with the idea of allowing a conversation to take place where you're not just shutting this person down and instead you're actually entertaining them for a second. Like, you can talk about the idea without endorsing it, right? And that's really important because that's where. We find that space between, I think this person is wrong, but let me hear them out and see what they have to say. And in that void is where the person puts the walls down and you can actually start to change things if that is your goal, right? I won't go further into that because there's so much in there, but I'll move on to the next uh, lesson. And if any of these you want a deeper dive on, just let me know and I'd I'd love to do it. Okay, lesson three. Here we go. (laughs) People who say believe science do not know what they're talking about. Okay, yes, this is a scary one again. Wow. All right. Here's what I mean when I say that this is a lesson, right? In 2021, we saw a very, very clear power structure dynamic in play where the chosen authority releases a statement and we're all supposed to follow it without question, right? Anybody who does question it has to be silenced. They have to be given this very narrow label that excludes them from discourse. And we are absolute heretics if we don't agree to the rules. And I mean, whoa, I don't know what science class you took in high school or college or any time, but I seem to remember a process in which a theory was presented and then tested out, investigated and challenged before it being presented as truth right? Not here, sitting here, you know, trying to be a scientist and I'm not suggesting that I'm the perfect person to ask about the scientific method. But I think what I'm, what I'm pointing out is that this cultural phenomena that has occurred where masses of people are led by leaders who do not allow for skepticism of their rules, that is not science. And you don't have to have a medical degree to state that you just don't. And that's bullshit. I, that's actually something I really don't like is when people say you're not allowed to talk about this subject because you don't have the degree. You know what? I don't think the degree automatically means that you're this genius arbiter of truth who's allowed to have the last word. That's not how it works, right? They're important. Degrees are good. I'm all for listening and reading the experts and then interpreting it and comparing it to somebody else, right? But I'm not trying to create this God complex of someone who went to this Ivy League school, right? I digress. 
Um, more broadly, I share this lesson because I think it's important to consider the psychological and social impacts of this language. That's really what's most obvious to me. I think that any time someone uses language that encourages you to take their word for it without question is when we step into a dangerous territory of uniformity, conformity, and punishment for dissent. I think that's really, really a slippery slope to go into. Okay, moving right along. Lesson number four. If you wish to know the truth, sit in silence and write what you hear. Mm, I love this one. This is something that I, um, it just like kind of came to me. I was just thinking and I was like, I was having this, um, actually this came to me because I was on my way back from a a sailing trip over the holiday break. Uh, we were, we were taking a power boat from St. Thomas to Puerto Rico and it's about a two hour ride and, uh, it's a bit bumpy with the waves, but it was quite the backdrop for a deep conversation on consciousness and awakening that I was having with my brother, just setting the stage for you here. Anyway, we're sitting next to each other on our little bumpy ride back to PR. And uh, my younger brother asked me, he said, what does it mean to know thyself? Why is that a thing? Why do people say that you should know yourself? I just love this question because it's so simple, but it's, it honestly pieces together a lot of groundbreaking ideas. So if you want to know the truth, listen to the silence. When you quiet your surroundings and you turn down the noise on outside streams of information, the news, the media, even books, movies, all those things that we fill our heads with, the only thing left is you and your mind, body, and spirit to make sense of things. So there's this really great quote from a Zen master named uh, Mumon Yamadi Roshi. This is something I read in uh, my book, this book called The Elements of Zen. So he says, To find the jewel, one must calm the waves. It is hard to find if one stirs up the water. Where the waters of meditation are clear and calm, the mind jewel will be naturally visible. Most people would just jump into the water if a jewel were dropped into a pond and stir up the water until it becomes too cloudy to find anything but stones or tiles. A wise man would wait for the water to become calm so that the jewel naturally comes to shine by itself. It goes on to say that Zen discipline is the same. The more you try to know Zen principles by reading books, the farther you move away from Buddha nature. You try to reach awareness by sitting without wondering. However, the jewel of Buddha nature will begin to shine by itself. You will realize the self for which you have been searching. So this idea, this quote in this excerpt is, is relevant regardless of if you are spiritual or not. But so. This gets at the idea that when you clutter your mind with outside noise, thinking that it will help you find the truth, you're actually driving yourself even further from it. And the reason is that this is, this is the explanation I gave to my younger brother. We are bombarded by all kinds of nonsense every single day. We create our perception of the world from what other people are telling us. What the news says, what your parents say, what the latest trend says is the right answer right? We're constantly living in a reality that's literally prescribed by others. And the more we become addicted to technology and mindless scrolling, like we're just quite literally filling our head with all kinds of information that didn't actually stem from our own being. And so our mind, as the Zen teaching says, gets clouded. 
And with a clouded mind, you are unable to discern, to discern truth in your reality. We go out into the world and we perceive events, information, and situations through a blurry lens. And then when we quiet down and create space between the information we receive and our acceptance of it, that space is where you discern truth. That space is where you discern if what you are seeing is in alignment, if it's propaganda, if it's a message contrived by ulterior motives, or if it's rooted in objectivity, if it's rooted in love, if it's rooted in your best interest in truth. So in basic terms, you can actually just use your own damn brain to figure out the reality in front of you. That's really what it's all about. And so when your head is bombarded with all kinds of shenanigans, you can't really see clearly. And an easy way to begin clearing the mind and, and, and any mud right in the mind is to sit in meditation, to go for walks without music or without a podcast even. Just observe reality as it is and as your eyes reflect it. That's what I mean by if you want to know the truth, sit in silence and write what you hear. Because the more that you get in tune with what your own being has to say and your own perception of things, it's going to get closer to how the world actually is. The more you shed all of the outside information, you're going to become in tune. And then after that, when you do come into contact with outside information, you've cleared the mind and you're not in this blurry lens anymore. You can actually discern truth. Okay. Last lesson, almost done here. So most people cannot accept the existence of darkness in the world because they have shamed and ignored the darkness inside of them. Yeah, this is one that I think really connects to a lot of what we're seeing today. So I learned this by understanding how denial works in relationships and, and in ourselves. I realized that every single one of us, including me and the people around me, even the people who are so pure of heart and kind as can be, all have the capacity for evil. We really all do. Like we, it just, it exists, right? Light cannot exist without dark. Up implies down. Death implies life. This is the lesson of duality that Alan Watts explores in the book. It's literally called the book on the taboo against knowing who you are. Uh, and it's also a very common theme in Zen Buddhism to recognize that good and bad are parts of the same whole. And so when we recognize that these exist together, we can see how evil or bad or darkness is part of reality. So to go further, we can observe our own tendencies that might be selfish or self-righteous or conceited or hurtful and so on. But to realize and admit these behaviors to yourself is really, really hard and really scary, right? Why is that scary? Well, because then you probably have to do something about it, right? If you look in the mirror and think to yourself, damn, the reason my relationships keep falling apart and keep failing is that I project my insecurities onto others. Well, you've got some responsibility to assume for fixing that problem, right? So it's just funny though, because we're often very quick to point out other people's flaws and blame people for all kinds of problems. So you know, we'll like find a group of people that seems problematic and say, hey, like they must be the one to blame for this injustice I see. But we don't really sit back and realize like, damn, my house is not in order either. And so this is the paradox of choosing to go out and fight the world or to go within and create change yourself, right? Or figuring out how to do both. So just so many of us are in denial. I think 
You know, we trust people that we shouldn't. We follow rules that don't make sense. We can't bear to admit that maybe corporations and power structures don't have our interests at heart. Why? Because that would suggest that people can do bad things. And if you are also a people, then you can do bad things too, right? So now I I honestly think that the listeners of this show, shout out to you guys, are far from denial. I think many people can see easily that there's bad stuff going on out there. But I think the question for me is, are people missing the point that if they're constantly playing the blame game and not pointing the finger back at themselves every once in a while, you know, are, are you kind of missing a big part of this? And there's this wonderful quote from Friedrich Nietzsche, Friedrich Nietzsche. I don't know, guys, I always read these people's names and then I just like stop in my tracks. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Anyway, um, there's this wonderful quote from Friedrich Nietzsche and it says, beware that when fighting monsters, you yourself do not become a monster. For when you gaze long, long into the abyss, the abyss gazes also into you. Ooh, I will leave you with that. Okay, so this was purposely a uh, shorter and not a huge dissection of each observation because I could honestly do an entire episode on each one. Um, I thought this was a good way to warm up and uh, get back into what's what's about to come. Get back into the groove of things. All right. Well. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being along for the ride. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you send it to a friend, send it to a family member, send it to your work group chat, fuck it, whatever, send it out. All right. And please, please, please consider writing a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, We will be back ASAP with guests and more solo episodes. As always, thank you guys so much for the support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Much love. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.